Well, 2022 at last draws to a close. The season is over, thank goodness, and the banter awards have also been delivered to their respective winners, at least in sentiment. Let's not talk about the physical awards over there. But if there's one thing that's undoubted, it's that 2022 was the year of Max Verstappen and Adrian Newey. Adrian Newey, of course, for years has been part of championship winning teams, but it's so incredible to see yet another one of his designs go out there and dominate the field. much like he has done so many times in his past and in the past he's been linked to so many big teams he was always a part of williams of mclaren when he went to red bull it was a big surprise but he's had links with potentially a chance at ferrari as well over the years it's all these big ticket teams that adrian newey has always been linked with but the most random of them all has to be force india and that is the story that we're going to tell in this very episode that time when adrian newey was linked to force india And this was a part of our entire Force India series on the Inside Line F1 podcast, where we just talk about the business and the management side of running a Formula One team, and also the marketing side of it. And to discuss it all, of course, I was luckily enough joined by Kunal Shah. Of course, Kunal is the normal host in the podcast. He has been the marketing head of the Force India F1 team, but also by Kunal's mentor of sorts, Ravi Kant Sabnavis, who was. Let's say the bigger head at the Force India F1 team of the marketing side, Kunal and Ravi Kant used to work together, and they were the ones responsible for these beautiful white and green and orange Indian tricolour liveries of Force India back in the day. We had four amazing episodes, and we're redoing all the episodes that we once did in the middle of the year. And the first one is about Adrian Newey to Force India, and when the Force India board had a big discussion about getting him on board. Trust me, this one. is going to reveal a lot of fun stuff just as all the force india series episodes are going to do so so if you enjoy this one i'm sure you'll enjoy all the other three as well but i'll leave you to it what happened when newy nearly went to force india let's listen in hey folks welcome to the special episode of the inside line f1 podcast now i i might be a bit blessed in this case because my destiny has just chosen to kind of live out the prophecy made the force be with you a bit too seriously because i was wondering well how can that happen how can i have the force with me but luckily enough today i've got two people who kind of ran the force behind force india the formula 1 team back in the day folks i've got kunal shah firstly the former marketing head of the force india f1 team and if you've heard of our force india special episodes before we've also got mr ravikant sabnavis and your official title sir was it marketing head was it something different to that i i don't yes. quite exactly remember it, it was global marketing head yes global marketing head wow that makes it feel extra special but but folks on this particular episode we've got so many fun stories to talk about including firstly kunal force india potentially not being owned by vijay malia could that ever happen well yes thank you for that introduction and uh, it's you know you start every episode saying it's special and uh-huh. this is really special <laughs> this because, is yeah you know ravi and me talking about force india memories and you bringing them out and you know but on on a on a more serious note not trying to be very emotional about it is the way force india you know sort of galvanized the formula 1 market and the formula 1 fan and built the community in india i don't see something like that happening very soon in the indian market and which is why how we did it what we did is something so special that to us of course because we were within the role within several other people doing it as well but also for fans to know how is it that teams are built brands are built communities communities are built and so on come on you can puff your chest out a little bit 
You mean more than the 56-inch chest? It's just a part of the great work that you two have put in. And it's it's amazing how memorable Force India still is to this day. I mean, I still have great memories, even though I was, what, eight or nine back in the day? Yeah, you were a little too young when we were having all the fun in Force (laughs) India. But coming to your question, you know, Uh which which is the most interesting part, right? So... Force India, which of course was, you know, originally owned by Vijay Malia and then Subroto Roy Sahara became a share owner, co-owner, whatever, uh, was not supposed to be owned by Vijay Malia back Mm -hmm. in 2008-2009 when the deal happened. So I happened to be in a conversation with Gautam Singhania, the promoter son of Raymond Textiles or Raymond uh, as as the brand we know it, the complete man. Whenever I hear the tagline, I remember Fernando Alonso, (laughs) but yes. Okay, so what Gautam Singhania told me was that originally the Spiker Midland offer came to him through Colin Collis. Right. And and that he was interested in it, but he didn't want to buy it. So via a common friend who we all know as Robert Fernley, he reached out to VJM or Vijay Malia, as we call him. Right. To say, hey, would you be interested? And then the rest is history. And for those of you listening, Gautam Singhania, if I'm not mistaken, sir, owns a McLaren Senna. He owns a Lamborghini Countach and uh I know it's insider stuff, kind of, but once we had a party at his place for a, for a race event that he organized, he has a five-floor garage full of all the supercars in the world. Now, how would that have panned out if GHS was only the team, as he's now called? Because there's no doubt that the funds are available, or in fact, as we can look at today, the funds are more readily and more consistently available. They haven't quite dropped off in the years. Would Force India be on the grid today? Uh, This is just all fascinating stuff. I can't imagine how things would have played out. You know, the first thing that struck me was uh, Gautam Singhania also runs a company called Raymond. (laughs) 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 Looking at his Instagram feed, I don't think you'll be able to tell that, to be honest with you. (laughs) Indeed. Wow. So why did it not go ahead eventually? Well, he just said he wasn't interested and that Vijay Malia was interested more than him. Personally speaking, no idea if Force India would have still been on the grid or not or what would have happened. But I am pretty sure that that's not the only interesting headline story this episode. I know Ravi is holding on to something that he oh. wants to share with all of y'all. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Uh, this was when Subroto Rai Sahara or Sahara Shri, as, as we have called him, uh, actually wanted to hire somebody uh, from one of the teams. And that was an engineer. An engineer? Wait, who who was that? Uh, you know what, actually, let's answer that question after a short break. Stay right here, folks. Hey, folks, welcome back in to the Inside Line F1 podcast, where we were discussing the possibility of Subraturoy, Shri Shri Subraturoy Shara Shri, if I've said that correctly. <laughs> you can't add too, too few. I mean, his, his name cannot be complete without at least four superlatives here or there. But you were saying that he wanted to hire an engineer. What, what, how special is it that we're discussing hiring an engineer? Who, who is that even all about? Absolutely. It, it wasn't just any uh, ordinary engineer. Uh-huh. It was Adrian Newey. Adrian Newey? Absolutely. The, oh, hang on. The Adrian Newey. And and if if I'm just arranging my timelines correctly, you guys were there in a team till 2015. That's right. Sahara bought in in 2011. Correct. In the middle, Red Bull won what? 11, 12, 13, three world championships in the most dominant fashion and Force India wanted to hire Adrian Newey. Absolutely. 
How? So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, I, I, I may, I may be slightly wrong here because Adrian Newey ended up joining Red Bull when they were absolutely terrible. But still, I, I can't make sense of it. Still, so, and that's where it all comes together, uh-huh. uh, right? And the thinking behind possibly what led Sahara Shri to actually even suggest that. So this was would have been in 2012, and if I recall, that was 2010, 11. They were already two dominant year, uh, years for Red Bull, correct? So uh, they were on a high. Uh, and therefore, Adrian Newey was also on a high. And we were, if I recall, uh, we were in this board meeting uh, in uh, Chelsea. Uh, and that was in Sahara Shri's uh, residence come office in the UK. And uh, I think one of the questions he asked to the Force India team is, listen, what makes Red Bull tick? Quite simply, hmm. what's making them win? And I remember Vijay, I'm saying, Adrian Newey. He says, who is <laughs> Right? Or who's that? He's the brains behind the team, right? He says, why don't we just hire him? And I think I could see, uh, you know, faces turning into different colors. There was palpable <laughs> shock. You know, how could you even think about hiring Adrian Newey? So Vijayam said, well, he costs $10 million. Hmm. Says, so let's get him. <laughs> No, when you hire somebody like Adrian Dewey, right, besides his salary, he's going to ask for lots of tech-related yeah. investments, whether it's the wind tunnel, this and that. So he says, you're going to be staring at a bill upwards of $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And why did it not go ahead eventually? Was that it, the reason why? I mean, was that because it was too costly? No? Uh, you know, I think that's the reason. Hmm. Uh, simply because th- that, that was a reality check. That, uh, yes, he's the best in the business, but to begin with, he comes at a certain cost. Hmm. And then he brings in add-on costs. Hmm. Uh, And that for a team like Force India, uh, you know, which was probably spending upwards of 75 million, uh, you know, to simply spend this much on one man uh, would have been just too much. Hmm. And if I recall, Kunal, we were also sharing a wind tunnel. That's correct. Right? Yes. So to be able to do all this would not have been possible. So it was a great idea, uh, which I think Subrata Roy had as, as a new member of the Force uh, uh, Force <laughs> India and F1 community. I don't. I don't believe a formal offer was made, though. Unfortunately, it wasn't. I, I wish that would have happened, and that would have been fantastic oh. to have a media leak saying. Force India <laughs> makes an offer to Adrian Newey. Would have been fantastic, isn't it? You know what, Kunal? I think what you have in mind when you say fantastic is you're trying to imagine Adrian Newey doing the Sahara Pranam. <laughs> <laughs> right hand on the left chest and then saying Sahara Pranam. Oh, oh my God. And then touching the man's feet. <laughs> That's true. I've seen, I've seen videos of that. Oh, man. Uh, how many such how many such crazy offers fell by the wayside when someone just had to tell Mr. Subrata Roy Sahara that, uh, sir, that's that's not how Formula One works. Is there any crazy story apart from this as well? I mean, we, we all, we've all heard about the flattening of the side pods on yes, this <laughs> podcast before. And if you haven't, folks, tune into some of our previous episodes. But uh, surely, it can't be just two of these stories, right? He's got to have more in the bag. He's around for a couple of years. He's yes, got to have he more. Oh, yeah. Look, it- that that could potentially be yet another episode <laughs> because there were so many stories I remember during the inaugural Indian Grand Prix. Oh yeah, yeah. It was 
you know, whether it comes to, you know, previously Ravi said how everything was bigger in size and scale. You know, he was like a startup founder saying 100 users a second is not enough. I need 100,000, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the other things he wanted to do were, which I was really excited about, was what would it take to do a road show with an actual Force India racing car mm. in some of the most major cities in Formula One? And suddenly the conversation was not one or two. The conversation was eight to ten cities. Oh. Okay. And then what would it take to make multiple show cars and then park them in places of interest? And, you know, while we are laughing about it now, because, you know, we have the license to laugh, some of these were actually very ambitious plans, which just didn't go through because the promoters had their own financial problems, right? And mm. if we go back to Adrian Newey, for example, right? Yes, he comes with uh, his personal cost or his, his salary that would be. And then all the tools and the tech, like Ravi said, that Force India would need to invest in. But now cut to 2022, 2023, when we are looking at, you know, Formula One, Liberty Media specifically, sort of trying to narrow the gap between the teams, mm. It should be asked, you know, could the likes of Adrian Newey be interested in another smaller team at some point of time in the future? Purely because there are budget caps, there are financial regulations. You know, they're trying very hard to have smaller teams, smaller being more privateer teams, actually perform well, punch way about their weight. And could that be a challenge for Adrian Newey or the other bigger brains in the business? And that's probably what uh, could also be in the future. Of course, no crystal ball, but had there not been financial problems, had Force India still been on the grid, you know, like Ravi said, operating at $75 million or a little more than that, imagine how profitable the team and the operations could have been in this generation. And then the ability that it would sort of allow the management to actually invest in the talent, in the Mm. tools that money could buy or the best talent that money could buy. Which they are kind of doing right now with mixed results as well. And it's exciting times to see how that team eventually progresses. But it it reminds me of Newey joining Red Bull as well. Because that's what happens right? when you join a smaller team as a designer, as a, as a star designer who's won many world championships. You expect the complete license to freedom, which is what Newey was given eventually at Red Bull Racing. But that's Adrian Newey. I suppose we've got many, many, many other fun stories to talk about including the Indian GP and its title sponsor, Airtel. Now, for all of you who don't know, Airtel is an Indian telecommunications network. I think the second biggest right now. It's it's a, it's one of the leanest organizations that's going around in the telecom business, and it survived a big industry change. So they're doing pretty well, but they were also the sponsors of the Indian GP in the first place. But So I, I've just heard in the prep meeting for this particular episode that they could have been sponsoring the Force India F1 team. Indeed. That uh, is that really true? Oh, a- absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we engaged with them for a fairly long time. Mm-hmm. We met up with their folks. Uh, and I think we had a really compelling proposition uh, with some really innovative ideas on what uh, we could offer, uh, Force India could offer Airtel, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, finally, when it came down to the wire, they chose... Uh, you know, to be the sponsor of the Indian Grand Prix yeah. rather than a team, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think our logic to them, besides, of course, what we offered was to say that it's, you know, the sponsor of one race, one location mm. was a sponsoring a team over 20 odd races exactly. uh, across the world. Uh, and especially for a, a company like Airtel, 
uh, which operated at that time, not just in India, but a few other locations, uh, and perhaps may have had ambitions of expanding, it mm. made a lot of sense for them yeah. to travel with the team, so to say, as opposed to localize all of their effort in one country, especially in one city. And, and Airtel was, and still is, big in Africa as well. Yes. They, they, they are a global brand and it could have worked out, but they, they dropped off. I mean, I, but why did that happen? Because it seems like such a fun proposition, right? Sponsoring a Formula One team. And at that time, they really did have high-speed internet. So it, it kind of makes sense, right? Fast car, fast team. We have the best network. It, it just, Or am I just thinking too naively at this stage? You know, I think what went through their minds, mm -hmm. uh, much as we presented this as the proposition, for them to own the Indian Grand Prix, mm -hmm. especially because, uh, I mean, nobody knew at that time that it would fall off the grid, uh, uh, you know, uh, very so soon, quickly, so yeah. quickly. But they felt, and I, I think they did a five-year deal. Uh, That's Kunal, correct. Hmm. Right. They clearly felt that owning the Indian Grand Prix uh, would have been a much more powerful proposition for them. Hmm. Right. Because their first ambition, obviously, was to dominate in India. Right. And engage with their consumers in India because that was the single largest market. Yeah. So I would imagine that there would have been a very logical reason for them to move that way. Which makes me ask you, Kunal, Airtel sponsoring the Indian Grand Prix, the Indian Grand Prix being such a pivotal event for Force India, as we have discussed in the previous episodes of the series, how involved were you as a team in the, let's say, the, the organizing and the promoting of the race? Because had Force India not been there on the grid, I don't really imagine the Indian Grand Prix happening at that time. So was there any support from your end as a team? Or was there any involvement per se? Not really, you know, because as a Formula One team, you, of course, have a home race and then you have every other race. But eventually, you just go racing wherever the sport says you go racing, right? Mm. So we did do a couple of site visits and stuff, but that was more so for understanding what would Force India get on ground, which was pretty much what everybody else got as well, right? But what we did do uh, as help to JP, as the promoters, to Indian Grand Prix, to Formula One is we literally promoted the Indian Grand Prix as the place to be for that weekend when it actually happened in October, hmm. right? And all our promotions that we've spoken about in the previous episodes, like Raise the Flag and the likes, were all driving people to the both international circuit, saying there is no other place to be but the Indian Grand Prix. So that was the way of supporting it. I'm pretty confident we promoted the Indian Grand Prix more than the Indian Grand Prix, <laughs> more than Formula One, Bernie Eccleston himself. So we really put all our might there. And talking of Airtel, right, uh -huh. uh, to me, one of the other reasons why the deal actually didn't happen was we all know that the promoters had their issues, right? Mm -hmm. And those issues were coming to the fore even while the discussions were going on, right? And then you have to remember in Force India, there were actually two and then three parallel brands that you would end up associating with, mm -hmm. right? So let's take Red Bull as an example. When you associate with Red Bull, you associate with Red Bull, Red Bull Racing, and the energy drinks team. Mm -hmm. You do not associate with Dietrich Mattisch or whatever his last name is. Like. Mattis Chits. Yes, okay. Whatever. Right? So, but in Force India, when you would associate with Force India, you were associating with Force India, uh, an even more equal or powerful brand, depending on your geography or where you were living or consuming content, would be Vijay Malia. Hmm. And then after that, even Subroto Roy Sahara, right? So 
brands like Airtel were always a little more wary of making those associations. Would they want an association with the Formula One team? Yes. Would they want an association with the two promoters who anyway, you know, dubious stories were just coming out at that point of time? The answer was no. And look mm. who's actually outlasted. You know, Airtel has outlasted all these three brands that we sort of spoke of. Another important point here was Airtel eventually sponsored a team as well. And that was Mercedes. So they had the in, the Airtel Indian Grand Prix. And for the Indian GP, You're they right. spent a little bit of money on Mercedes. Again, Mercedes, great brand. And the, the the cream on this was, of course, Michael Schumacher, because they actually had Michael Schumacher in one of their advertisements as well, which again was all over the place in the build-up to the Indian Grand Prix. I remember that so vividly. It was a big a two-page advertisement on the front page of the Times of India with Michael Schumacher at the boot circuit in his Mercedes. As, as, as a child, I was gobsmacked because never had I seen Formula 1 promoted so vividly in such an open mass scale, even though we had had the Indian Grand Prix last year. So that for me was crazy. Yeah, Michael, yeah. Michael on Times of India. That's another fact. We were actually competing to have that advertisement as well. A full-page oh, ad. Really? The most read English daily in the world ever. Of course, the most read English daily in India, the Times of India. The only difference is that the 1st of October 2012, hmm? Kingfisher Airlines was grounded for oh. unpaid dues. And the media company said, you know, that ad is yours, but you got to pay us up front. And now you know why we didn't have that ad. So we had the creative <laughs> ready. <laughs> If I can find it, I'm going to tweet it. But anyway, the realities of the Force India Formula One team. But you, but, but um, not not you guys. But the owner did have a party with Enrique Iglesias the week later. So not really sure about unpaid bills for Times of India or anything. The money was there, was it? The money was there. Uh, for some things. For some things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, actually, folks, I've got another fun topic to talk about, which was Force India going black in terms of the car livery. Now, if I remember correctly, sir, we had spoken about Mr. Malia's, uh, I wouldn't call it antics, but his superstitions about not having a car colored black because it was unholy or something. I, I don't even know the exact term to use. I can describe it better in Hindi, but in English, it's just really hard to put it. Superstition is, I think, the broader category we can put it into. But in 2014, the, the shirt I'm wearing right now, of course, is kind of very representative of that. The 2014 Force India went to a black and orange livery. A very beautiful car that I absolutely love the whole design. But isn't that contradictory to what Mr. Malia had in plan earlier on? He, he just really didn't want to go for a white car, black car, didn't he? Indeed. Uh, in, in fact, the, the entire deliberation that happened two years before when the Saharas first came in was not even on the color of the car. I mean, we won't go so far. It was actually on the font color, Kunal, if you remember. Correct. What? And, it was on the font. He didn't want the word, uh, you know, Force India F1 Sahara to be in black. What? He, he was finally okay with a grey. We that, finally settled on a grey. So if you actually go through the Pantone shades, right, uh -huh. you will never find the black. It's the darkest shade of grey without actually being black. So it's <laughs> being as close to black, but not being black, the Pantone shade. But But why? Well, is... if you remember, the color of the car actually changed to pink later. So it was yeah. a sponsorship-related thing. We had a, you know, Reebok was one of the partners. Correct. And then, as Ravi was saying while we were preparing, we had a, we had a Spanish apparel company, yes. wasn't it? I can't recollect the name. I'm just not able to Too remember Too many brands. Is it on the shirt? Is it, is it here somewhere? No, yours is Reebok. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The next one after this. Ah, right. right. 
And that's why it turned black. And then a couple of seasons later, it turned pink because of BWT BW. and mm-hmm. whatever. So money talks. And I, I mean, that, that was also when VJM had sort of, you know, left the country, if I'm being very uh, polite, yeah. polite about it, or fleed the country, if you, we want to sensationalize it. So it was maybe an anti-India sentiment. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Did you guys have access to him at that time? Do, do you know how uh, infuriated, if he was, of course, infuriated because of this decision? Because if someone just has a certain dislike for a color and his whole car becomes black and orange, I don't think he'd be very happy, no? Especially if it's someone as picky as VGM. You know, you're right, but I think Kunal answered that question. If if yeah. uh, you're him and you're chasing the money, hmm. then possibly you don't mind compromising on those superstitions <laughs> Uh, if somebody is making you apparel or, you know, you're getting money from a sponsor and he or she is insisting on a certain color. Yeah, what, what kind of a billionaire is he? I mean, I thought billionaires <laughs> would be more picky than that. I thought they'd sell off the whole team saying, nah, I just want my color and not the 25 million. But, okay, interesting about that. But another fun fact about that very same car and that very same livery is that Royal Challengers Bangalore, the cricket team we have, of course, mentioned earlier on this podcast, which was, of course, owned by Vijay Malia, also sponsored Force India in 2014. Now, in this very period of time, we had the Sauber, uh, Sauber Formula One team having a small football club called Chelsea have the logo <laughs> on their car as well. Uh, logically speaking, it just doesn't make any sense to me because essentially you're selling the same product Slightly different markets, yes, because, of course, football or cricket have a, a more massy appeal in their respective markets than Formula One, which was at least at that time considered to be a very elite sport. But specifically for Force India and RCB, what, what was there to gain? Uh, why? Why bother? So talking of Chelsea and Sauber and RCB and Force India, these partnerships were back in time in the Bernie Eccleston days, mm. right? Those were also times when getting sponsorships Globally across sport was extremely tough because you were talking of seven, eight-figure sponsorships, which were tough to come by. There were, in fact, so many teams without a title sponsor in that period. So one of the reasons why a lot of brands globally came together from different walks of sport was to try and see if they could appeal a little more with an elite uh, while as well as a mass approach. Hmm. But that's not exactly why the RCB logo was on the Force India car. And I'm sure Ravi, ha- Ravi can narrate it much better than I than I will. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if you look at most of the logos and therefore the sponsors on the Force India car, mm-hmm. they're largely alcohol, uh, alcoholic beverages brands. Correct. Uh, from uh, Vijamalia's table of either <laughs> United Spirits, which are spirits brands like Vladivar and White and Makai, mm. uh, or Kingfisher Beer. Right. Uh, And then therefore, he had a choice of various brands to pick from. Hmm. Uh, But there were some races, especially Bahrain and Abu Dhabi, where, uh, you know, given the local regulations, we could not put alcohol brands either on the car uh, or on, uh, you know, uh, the team kits. Hmm. Uh, So therefore, uh, typically during those times, we redesigned both the livery of the car we redesigned the livery of the car as well as the entire team kit, uh, you know, choosing non-Alcobev logos. And I think Royal Challengers Bangalore kind of 
uh, act as a very good surrogate marketing approach because Royal Challenge is a very popular drink here in India. Absolutely. And was that the whole reason why the team was called Royal Challenges Bangalore in the first place? Indeed, absolutely. And it worked over cricket. It worked in Formula One. Yeah, it's a great way to promote a drink. And then just like Kingfisher Airlines worked for Kingfisher Beer. Exactly. Yeah, nobody asked, but. Hey, how tricky was it actually managing out the the Gulf markets? Because I can imagine that means changed liveries, changed uh, uniforms for all the crew members, changed sponsor banners, and changed uh, team garages as well. That must be crazy to adapt to. Yes, and before we actually go into how crazy it was, hats off to VJM for being such a fantastic brand builder. You know, he was like Ravi said, Kingfisher Airlines for Kingfisher Beer and Royal Challenge for Royal Challengers Bangalore and so on. So he could play around and build these brands as he wanted to, while also self-branding himself as you know, self-made billionaire, India's Richard Branson, whatever you know, all the all the tags that sort of came with came with it. Also, King of Good Times, which then yeah. became Emperor of Good Times. I don't know how that promotion happened. <laughs> it somehow happened. Snoop Doctor Snoop Lines something like that. <laughs> Has Kanye West become Kanye East? I don't know, but <laughs> I have an explanation for the emperor of okay, good times. There we go. Yes, yeah, <laughs> oh, we, we will come to that. But you were saying so when it came to these Gulf markets, uh-huh. they were actually the worst times to actually be people who were looking after sponsor logos and and liveries and stuff because. On one hand, you knew what was actually going to go on the car because, mm. hey, it's, you know, you've done it one race and then you just do it every other race. But you still needed to get it approved by him. And, the, the you know, the race team, the mechanics would need an approval three months before. And VJM's approval could come anything from three days or three hours before the cars were coming out on track. So there were always backup logos available in case he changes how big a logo should be. Should So there could be that he approves a logo, but hey, just in a different place on the car and the likes, right? Wow. And that was always tough. And that caught us out at one race in Abu Dhabi, right? This caught me out specifically. So we all landed up with alcohol kits because... Hey, Reebok couldn't sort of, you know, turn around in the time that we gave them. And Andy Stevenson was furious saying, oh, my God, you know, we are Formula One team. We can't be walking around with patches because we all had white tape, which we put on all the alcohol, alcohol brands. And then eventually we managed to get some kits and some stuff for the race team. And that got solved. But the biggest challenge was for Deepika Padukone, who was actually one of the ambassadors of Kingfisher Airlines and hence was making an appearance for the Force India Formula One team, among other personal reasons why she came as well, right? (laughs) And Deepika actually ended up with the alcohol livery because there was a T-shirt made exactly for her size because she was, you know, a supermodel, a very promising or one of the most established actresses at that time, Mm. also a very humble uh, human being, had some great interactions with her. And suddenly she walks into the paddock with all the alcohol livery on her. And then I remember just running to her saying, we need you to change. And she's like, but that's not in my size. And I said, oh, my goodness. And then I was busy just putting white tape everywhere on her T-shirt wherever I had to. So some really fun times which you just had to get your hands dirty and and, uh, sort of live with things as they came. Wow, even she might be thinking, huh? Really? Do we have to wear patches now? But it's yeah, crazy how it panned out at the end. I, I mean, I just would not expect something quite like that. But yeah, I, th- I guess we've heard about VJM and how 
his approvals always come at the last minute right we we had that story on the last episode of this podcast where we are discussing car launches and you guys just said that it really happened what 3 hours before the launch actually came up so yeah but we have to, we have to go to ravi emperor of good times emperor of good times yes so that actually came from uh, that's a very interesting story uh you know we had kingfisher beer which is kingfisher premium mm-hmm. and uh you know by then a lot of foreign beers had come in carlsberg bud and so on and so forth so and we were working on kingfisher ultra which would be an ultra premium beer and then when we were working on the marketing campaign uh you know we we said if kingfisher beer is the king of good times mm-hmm. then how do we position kingfisher ultra which is supposed to be several notches above hmm. and that's where you know between us and uh, jwt our agency mm-hmm. uh, we came up with the emperor of good times uh-huh. uh, and not only that uh, you know we said okay so what's the ad campaign going to be and i we never released that and we changed the campaign but the first campaign that jwt designed for us was with vijay malya as the face of kingfisher ultra uh, and then therefore <laughs> by logically he became the emperor of good times as well yeah. so we had all these layouts with the kingfisher ultra and you know uh, vjm on his yacht here and there and with <laughs> you know kingfisher ultra the emperor of good times <laughs> who else could it be i mean the, you just can't you just don't need to robe in a brand ambassador for kingfisher as well because you've got vjm himself I mean, that's just like the living dream for everyone and speaking of vjm He also started his own reality show for Force India. I was unaware. I I really didn't know about this. Probably because I didn't consume those particular channels, but what's up with Speed Divas? I've just ended up hearing about it for the first time. Oh yes, that's that's a very interesting uh, uh story. Uh and and that again all credit to Vijay Malya for having a great marketing mind. Uh and I'm reasonably certain he drew inspiration from his own initiative at Kingfisher Beer with the Kingfisher Calendar Girls. If you look at when he entered uh the world of F1 with the Force India team, uh but of course he had to make that car perform which he did reasonably successfully making it the best of the rest. Uh because that was stable stakes, right? But he also what but F1 is also about glamour. Hmm. Uh, and how could he build a brand which he was always good at uh, with Force India? Uh, and that's when he came up with the idea of having speed divas hmm. right the, the force india speed divas who are associated with the brand as opposed to just having glamour out there uh, and what uh, was done was to create a reality show in association with mtv at that time right uh, where there was a hunt for these speed divas and then we selected four girls who then traveled along there was a uniform for them a kit they were trained and then they traveled around to select races uh, they were there you know for the uh, garage tours and for a team which was watched relatively unknown uh, it was amazing how we managed to draw attention uh, to ourselves uh, right which would have been unthinkable yeah. and then it was so successful that we then went and did a kunal and i did a season 2 uh this time with ndtv good times which was a partner tv channel exactly i i really just want to know the logic of calendars in the first place but i suppose that's a topic for some other day or when we have a little more time but i want to talk to you about your favorite force in your memories kunal i'll firstly go with you on this one 
lot of years spent at Force of India. What really pops up on your mind as one of your favorite memories from that time there? Apart from all the incredible <laughs> ones you shared already. So I'm going to add to the speed diverse thing, right? Uh-huh. And how did we gauge that it's successful or it's working for us, right? So typically when you go to a race and, you know, there are these open days when the pit lane is open for everybody and Ferrari by default would be the most crowded team. Mm. You would not be able to find space to stand even 10 rows after the pit lane is sort of guarded off. You know, those uh, the channel markers yeah. that you see at airports, they sort of use that to sort of shut the pit lane, right? After a point, it became Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes and the likes, right? And the fourth most crowded team ended up being Force India just because people were so eager to go take selfies with the speed divas, get a photo and, and the likes. And and for a brand that, for, that, you know, for all the brands that he built also were, you know, one of the pillars were glamour. And this did really well for the team. So a lot of social conversations that started happening for, for the team. And these, these were early days for social media as well, yeah. right? But coming to some of my favorite memories, and I have some really fascinating ones. You know, one of them stands out is Nico Hulkenberg. You know, he was a test driver with the team. He traveled to India as the face of the one from a billion hunt. And uh, I got to ride in a twin-seater go-kart with him at the, at the circuit in Goa. And that was the year when Robert Kubica had his accident. And some of the other regular drivers turned around and said, no, 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 we're not sitting in a go-kart. And Nico turned around and said, where's my helmet, right? So I was doing several laps with him. Uh, great fun. And, you know, we built a bond over those couple of years where he was trusting me a lot with a lot of things and activities we were doing in India. Uh, I actually even had, you know, at one of the British Grand Prix. Nico decided to take a scooter and say, hey, why don't you hop back? And then we rode from the factory to to the paddock. And, you know, when I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, I was actually with a Formula One driver as on a pillion, you know. And then we did a Mercedes track day at the Buddha International Circuit. Paul DeResta drove uh, all of us along with Adrian Sutil on the circuit in, in one of the Mercedes road cars. And Paul DeResta, yeah, lots of memories that I will that I have with him. Not so good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that aside. Let's just say he wasn't the most comfortable being in India, even though he was racing for a Force India team. And then, you know, just to sum it up, Adrian Suttle, we've said some really great things about him as a musician and the likes in in the previous episode. Uh, two things that really stood out about him, especially Suttle Gate, as we we know it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he w- he was dropped by the team for a year and then he came back and he met me one of the races and he said, so, same shit, different driver. And you realize that that's literally what you end up doing, right? So, some fantastic memories working with great teams, great agencies. And, you know, it's like Ravi and I haven't worked together since seven years, but it's very familial because we went through a lot of hardships together. We built a lot of things together, having literally no money in the in the banks for for the for the brands. But great great memories. Hopefully, we we have more to share in the episodes to come if we do more. I suppose there are going to be a few. But what about you, sir? If you just had to sum up some of your best memories? Oh, I think the first and most lasting is uh, Adrian Sutil playing the piano uh, in 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 Mumbai. Uh, Blue Frog, was it? Yep. Uh, and I think over four or five years, you know, arranging for the season opening parties in Monaco hmm. would possibly be another lasting memory. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Crazy, crazy times. But let's hope we have more chances to record episodes like this one because 
there are more stories we can tell that we can if we scratch the surface we are going to get some more <laughs> crazy isn't it these are just the kind of insights that we're going to have on the force india series and this one is only the first one out of a four part series so if you want more folks don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because we've got tons of fun episodes and fun guests that are also going to be a part of the podcast in the off season so how do you keep up to date with us you can check out our social media handles by clicking on the link in the description below to find out all the new episodes that are going to come up on the inside line f1 podcast and also all the fun events that we're going to do in the winter as well so i hope that you enjoyed listening to this one and i hope that you'll be back for the other 3 episodes of the force india series among other things thank you for listening folks have a good time <laughs>